Hey, it's Barbara Phillips with NPBO, and I wanted to give you a heads up on a webinar that we have coming up Thursday, May 16th, and it will be with a certified healthcare privacy person who has been in charge of a very large healthcare organization and their privacy compliance, HIPAA, and all of that sort of thing. And I think it's very important that all clinicians attend this one because HIPAA affects all of us. And so you can get more information about that at npbusiness.org forward slash privacy matters. And just another quick heads up after that, in June, we'll be talking with someone who has been in charge of the IT compliance to protect the organization. And so this one will be geared toward how do you protect yourself as well as your practice. And I'll be sharing more information about that later. So let's move on with the podcast. This is the NP Business Matters podcast, episode number 27, a marketing checklist for your business. Hi, and welcome to the NP Business Matters podcast. I'm your host, Barbara C. Phillips, founder of Nurse Practitioner Business Owner and the Clinician Business Institute. And since 2007, we've been providing education, resources, and support about the business of being a nurse practitioner. To learn more, please visit our website at npbusiness.com and the cliniciambusinessinstitute.com. Today, I'm going to talk about marketing. Now, it's really hard to hear from nurse practitioners who have started their practice and they don't have any patients to see, whether they're new in their practice or perhaps they've been in practice for a while and they're not seeing enough people. And that, of course, is impacting the bottom line of their practice. The whole idea about marketing needs to happen in the planning phase of your business. It needs to happen. It needs to actually be part of that business plan. Who is the market out there? Who are your patients? Where are you going to find them? And then how are you going to bring them into your practice? So I'm going to talk about specifically a marketing plan, but I also want you to consider making this a part of your business plan. And if you are just getting started, or if you've been in business for a while, I highly recommend if you haven't done this, and if your practice is suffering from the lack of clients or patients, to please hit pause and go ahead and do this. Now, the wonderful thing about this particular episode is you don't need to take notes, you don't need to write things down, because if you head on over to the show notes, you're going to find a link that will take you to where you can download Uh, a PDF of this checklist here. So before I go ahead and get started, though, I want to invite you to make sure that you make note of heading over to npbusiness.com forward slash podcast so that you can find that. But also, please head on over to iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, wherever you are subscribing to this podcast. And make sure that you rate the podcast, make sure that you leave us feedback. I would also appreciate you sharing this with your colleagues, because if you have questions about this, I'm sure they do too, and it helps this podcast and it helps disseminate this information. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started. 
Okay, let's talk about marketing. A lot of times when we think about marketing, we think that all we need to do is put a post out on social media and voila, patients will appear in our practices. And if you've tried that, you already know that that does not work. So let's talk about the marketing. So first off, one of the first things that needs to happen, and this again should be happening in your business plan, is identifying the services that you're providing. Now, of course, as nurse practitioners, yes, we provide primary care. Yes, we provide psych mental health. Yes, we might do DOT physicals, whatever the case may be of what it is that we're doing. Yes, that is what we do. But you might want to think about that as a feature of your business, not as a benefit to your patients and clients. A benefit is something of what they are actually going to get out of it. The feature, of course, is how that will be provided. So for a lot of nurse practitioner practices, and certainly I heard this from my own patients, they were appreciative of the fact that they could come someplace and actually have their health concerns be heard, had their worries be heard. And so when I think about the things that we provide, and one of the reasons I myself see a nurse practitioner is it is a safe place for me to go to voice my fears, my concerns. I know I'm going to be heard. I know I'm going to be truly listened to. So I'd like you to think about your practice in that kind of a light. What is it that patients get out of seeing you? That is what you provide. And why that is so important is because that is going to be how you create those messages that your ideal patients will hear. So let's talk about our ideal patients. And first up, I want to address my fellow FNPs. I can hear you now when you think about your ideal patients. You take care of people from birth until they pass on, right? We take care of all ages. And yes, we are educated. Yes, we are certified to be able to do that. But if you start trying to market to everybody, you will market to no one. It is crucial that we identify who is our ideal patient, our ideal client, our ideal customer, whatever the terminology that you use for your particular business. So, for example, for me as an FMP, when I did primary care, my ideal client started at age 13, and it did go into geriatrics because I was duly board certified with family and, and geriatrics. I preferred dealing with, with my adults anyway, with women who had health concerns and wanted to stay healthier. I really enjoyed taking care of my adolescents who had concerns about growing up, who had concerns about um, birth control, who had concerns about staying out of trouble, but they were afraid because of peer pressure, those kinds of things. So I had really identified it. And even that was way too broad for my marketing. In that particular case, one of the things that I did is I broke up my marketing. 
so that I had actually created a couple of different avatars because those, those are different issues that can be addressed. But ideally, and back then I really didn't understand this whole idea of an avatar, but ideally what you want to do is to have one single avatar so that you understand what that message that you're going to create for that avatar, that person, that icon, you're going to be able to create a message that they can hear and they can resonate with. So how do you find your ideal patient? One of the easiest ways to find your ideal patient, your ideal client or customer, again, whatever you want to use there, is to look at your schedule for the day. Just quickly scan it. Who are the people that make you pause and go, oh, not today, or that you feel your heart or your stomach kind of sink and get heavy. Those, my friends, are not your ideal patients. But look at your list again. Who are the people that make your heart sing? Who are the people that you get excited to see? You're curious. You've been wondering how they're doing. You always enjoy the visits with them. Those are your ideal people. Those are the ones that you want to attract mostly to your office. When you create your messages, that's who you're going to target. We're not excluding anyone because, of course, other people will hear your message. But they're going to be the ones that maybe have something you haven't seen yet in them, and they are going to resonate with that message. So when we're looking at our ideal patient ideal customer. You want to think about the demographics. Of course, that is age. It's income. It's insurance. It's all of those kinds of things. Female, male, maybe perhaps it doesn't even need to be gender specific for your particular practice. But what are those demographics that are best fit for your practice. And what about the psychodemographics? What are the things that people value, particularly if we're talking about a healthcare practice, about their health, or perhaps about their well being or their fitness level or whatever it may be? What is it that drives them? You also want to start thinking about when you think about your ideal people is. What keeps them awake at night? What are the problems that they're dealing with? What are their issues that have them concerned? You might have somebody who's concerned about their own mental health and a chance of developing Alzheimer's because four out of five of their relatives have Alzheimer's disease. The same might be true for heart disease. It may be someone who really has plans to do a lot of physical activity as they get older. And whatever it may be, you want to make sure that you're talking to those people. Those of you that do perinatal, you know, you can certainly um, start looking at what it is that those moms want. You know, those moms to be, what is it that they want? What are their concerns? What kind of um, births do they want for those of you that are midwives? Those kinds of things. Those are going to be your ideal patients. Now, when you start looking at that and you start creating and building up this avatar, you also want to know how do they consume information? Are they people who would prefer to read in a quiet environment? 
Are they people that want to watch a video or maybe listen audio-wise to a message? Are they people who are hanging out on TikTok or are they hanging out on Facebook? Or maybe they don't do social media at all. Maybe they're one of the the people that are reading newspapers for everything, which is not very often anymore, but it's something that you really want to take into account. Maybe they go hang out at uh, the senior center in your town or at the Boys and Girls Club. So you want to kind of get an idea, what are their interests, where do they hang out, how do they learn, how do they consume information. When you have all of that together, you want to create a single avatar. So for instance, perhaps you might have um, an avatar and call her Gloria, and perhaps she's, you know, 43 years old, She's has a middle income. She has maybe Blue Cross insurance. Her concerns are being premenopausal and heart health as she gets older. And maybe several women in her family have developed breast cancer. And she has concerns about that. You really want to hone it down. And by the way, she hangs out on Facebook. So you want to hone that down so that you can create this avatar of Gloria. And when you create your message, you want to talk to Gloria. You don't want to talk to everybody else. So again, it's not excluding anyone because other people will hear this message, but the people that will hear it the most and it'll resonate the most with and that will respond the most will be the Glorias. I hope that makes sense. So once you've created your avatar, you want to create some kind of a message that they're going to hear and resonate with. So for instance, let's talk about Gloria. Gloria is concerned about breast health. She's concerned about heart health. She's concerned about perhaps Alzheimer's disease, whatever it may be. Your messaging is going to be around that. I know I spoke with a NP who addresses medical trauma in different areas. So I don't want to go into specific details about her particular practice, but medical trauma, that's very specific. And she knows who her clients are, the ones that have the medical trauma. So how are you going to create a message to them? And perhaps when you do so, that message is not going to have the jargon. It's not going to say, are you suffering from medical trauma, for instance, but maybe, and and I'm making, making this up here, but maybe it's something around, you know, do you find that you lie awake at night and being worried about, you know, this medical procedure or this particular diagnosis or this particular surgical procedure that hasn't gone well, whatever it may be. Those are the people that are going to hear that message, not a 15-year-old who is more worried about the skateboard um, than anything else. So I hope that kind of makes sense there. So when you have your avatar and you know all these things about it, and you know all these things about where they hang out, what their what some of their pain points are, then we can go and start looking at not only creating the content, but where are we going to put it? 
So when, let's talk about the content first. So when we think about the content, that's how we're going to get our messages out there. Now, again, it, it can just be a social media post that can be your content. It can be actually an article on your blog or an article on your website. It can be a video which can be anywhere these days. And I highly recommend that you look into doing video. Uh, you Perhaps you're going to do some informational webinars or Zoom meetings to bring people in the community together. However you do that, you want to address the particular issues that they have. And a lot of times we get stuck, well, what kind of content should I create? What should I talk about? Well, the first thing I would recommend is you take a step back and start gathering a list of all the questions your patients ask you. And even if you're just getting started in your own practice and you don't have patients in your own practice, think about all the patients you've seen over the years. What are the most common questions that they're asking you? So I would start there and start addressing those things. You don't have to write long dissertations about the flu vaccine, for instance, or in today's world, the COVID vaccine. You don't have to write a lot about that, but perhaps address whatever fear they have around that or how to access that. And that's easy enough to do in a blog post, in a video, in a little article on the website or your blog. Other things that you can talk about is what's happening in the world that affects health, those current events. There's also, I believe it's the National Observances, and I will have the link in the show notes for that. But the National Observances also looks at like what happens this month, what happens this week, that sort of thing. So for instance, Heart Health Month is on in February. In October is Breast Health Month. So every month there's some kind of a national push to get information out. And you can certainly create content around that that is going to speak to your ideal client. And even if they're not concerned about their breast health, maybe they have family members that are. You know, if you are into men's health, maybe you can suggest that the men in their lives help inform the women in their lives. So that sort of thing. Um, There's also holidays or observances that can be fun. You know, grandparents days, graduation days, secretary day, peanut butter and jelly day. Those kinds of holidays, you can address that as well. All of your marketing doesn't need to be serious, health-related, heavy-duty stuff. It can be lighthearted. When we are doing our marketing with this content, we also need to think about where we're going to put it. Okay, so what channels, what tools are we going to use for our marketing? Where are we going to put these messages that they're going to be seeing? There are some people that will tell you you need to be everywhere, And what I'm going to tell you is you need to be everywhere your ideal patient is. So you don't necessarily need to be in every magazine, on every website, on every single channel, and every different social media channel for that matter. But where you go back to where your ideal patients are. So here's some things, though, that I do recommend that every practice 
have. The first one is a website. You want to have a website and you want to have specific information on that website. So again, speaking to your patients, your ideal patients. So think about the words that you use, the articles that you have, even the colors and the images that you have on your website. Is it going to speak to your ideal person? I do believe that your website should have a blog. It should have articles because what you're doing is when you put this content out there, it's really to be able to give some information to somebody who doesn't yet know you. The reason for all of this is to have this, what we call a know, like, and trust factor in marketing. You don't meet someone for coffee and ask them to marry you at the same time. And patients aren't necessarily going to look at your website one time and decide, oh yeah, you're the person for me. Now, if it's crafted well enough, they may if they're your ideal client, but that doesn't happen very often. So the whole purpose of having this content is one, so that you become top of mind and two, so that they begin to know you and they begin to say, oh, this person's really speaking to me. I really want to see this particular person. Provider. And then they start researching you. So, so again, you want to have be in multiple channels. So your website or your blog, every practice, particularly those of you that are local and even, and there's ways around it if you're more virtual, but um, you need to be listed in Google My Business. So just look for that. Google My Business, just put that in your browser and it'll take you right there. I believe it's google.com forward slash business, but um, it's free and it's available to all local businesses. And that'll get you listed in the very top of Google, you know, where they show the maps. That's where you want your information to be. And there's lots of strategies that you can take so that you're one of those top three that are up there um, in what they call the three pack, that you're up there at the top. You also want to look at social media, of course, but you want to look at the correct social media platform. Now, one of the things that I think is really important to keep in mind, particularly in social media, but in, even if you're going to do search engines uh, where you show up in the search engines as an a paid ad or sponsor. And I should have probably mentioned this earlier, but when you're creating marketing, this also includes a marketing budget. There's a lot of things that we can do for free these days, but there's a lot of things that aren't going to be so free. So you do need to consider a cost to your marketing and you'll want to budget for some ads at some point as well. Do what you can on a free basis, but then just be prepared when you want even more and you want to grow some more, you're going to have to put some money behind it. So back to social media, you can certainly look at um, different channels, again, where your clients are. You want to, again, create that content that's going to speak to them. Be careful when you're on social media. I know a lot of people try to post in different groups just to go in and sell their services right off the bat. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. And many groups also have rules that you can't just post your business and can't do like a hit and run. So make sure you're following any group rules. 
There's also tried and true local marketing that can happen, getting referrals from other providers, visiting other providers, letting them know what it is that you're doing, particularly if it's an area that they're not doing or if their practice is in full, they're not seeing other patients, that sort of thing. Local social services agencies, local businesses, particularly those of you that are doing the TPC model, you definitely want to be looking at maybe some of the box stores or small businesses in your area that are looking for uh, healthcare resources for their employees. So consider that as well. Civic clubs such as, again, the Boys and Girls Club, that sort of thing, but also the groups that I call the animal groups, um, the animal clubs, such as the elks, lions, eagles, those sorts of clubs. You can They're always looking for speakers. You can certainly go in and talk about flu season, for instance, and give them information. And then just, of course, you want to always leave your information as far as your contact information, but you're going in actually to educate, not to sell. Because when we educate, we are selling. Okay. This is, this is my definition of marketing. It's everything that we do. And marketing is simply education, but we can do it in such a way that it's, we're not shoving things down people's throats. So that's another way of doing that. And again, When you are looking at those referrals, you're looking at social media, you're looking at your websites and all of that, don't forget things that go along with all of that, such as email marketing, which is another longer and involved topic, but first start creating that content. And the same with video marketing. You can have video everywhere these days. There's no reason your particular practice can't have a YouTube channel that has educational Um, uh, information on it. And then of course, there's video marketing and video marketing is something that uh, you can do everywhere. Actually, you can have your own YouTube channel, you can put videos on social media, you can have videos on your website, we can do pre recorded videos, and we can do live videos. There's so many options. And it is so easy to do videos these days, just pick up your your smartphone and start recording. My one word of caution that I'm going to give you right here, though, is make sure the audio quality is good, you can be heard clearly, because audio is the most important comp. Uh, component of videos. So make sure that you do that. If you don't have any way to really get good quality audio in there, use your earbuds. All the earbuds today have a decent mic attached and you can certainly start there. I hope that this has been helpful. Again, I will have a checklist um, on the blog at npbusiness.com forward slash podcasts that you can download. So there you go. Some just quick overviews on marketing and some of the things that you can do right now. And I have to stress that marketing is 
so important to your practice. If you do not have patients, if you don't have customers, if you don't have clients, you do not have a business. And it is something that you have to be doing all the time. So just because you go out there and create one marketing campaign doesn't mean that you're done for your business. This is something that you're going to need to keep up with. Our patients, they come, they go, they move away, sometimes they pass away, sometimes they just want a different provider. So we always want to be marketing. And again, I invite you to head on over to the blog at npbusiness.com forward slash podcast so that you can download the PDF of all of these steps. And when you're there, of course, there's a lot more information on the blog. I'm also going to have a link to the various articles that we've written over the years on marketing. So again, this is Barbara C. Phillips, nurse practitioner and founder of Nurse Practitioner Business Owner. And thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend with me today. And thank you for sharing this podcast with your colleagues. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of the NP Business Matters podcast. Bye-bye now.